What is jealousy? Jealousy is the safeguarding of a covenant. And repentance that breaks the heart really is a good salve for anger. Welcome to 1A, a ministry of First Presbyterian Church, episode 18. We're continuing our spring series covering emotions, and this week we pick back up on the topic of anger and wrath. I'm Josh Squires, the Minister of Counseling and Congregational Care here at First Pres. You're listening to 1A, a podcast designed to take a brief but in-depth look at counseling issues from a pastoral perspective. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate you checking us out. We hope this ministry is a blessing to you and those around you. For more information, you can visit our website, which is firstpreskolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstpreskolumbia.org forward slash 1A. To find out how to contact us or how to subscribe, listen to the end of the show. If you do find this ministry useful, then subscribe. And while you're there, leave us some comments. As we increase the number of reviews and comments, it becomes easier for others to find our podcast. Is it okay for Christians to be jealous? What do we mean when we call someone angry? And what do we do about it? Should we just let it out? We talk about all of this and more on this week's episode. I want to take a moment to thank our listeners for your feedback. We've received more questions over the past few episodes than we have since we first started. As you give us feedback, it helps us to better understand the topics that you really want us to deal with. And it helps keep this podcast relevant. So please, keep it up. Now, let's get back to Derek and I discussing the issue of anger and wrath. One more question for you. So in the domain of anger, people often put in jealousy. And there's a couple of truths for the Christian that you try and keep in tension. And I'm wondering if you can help us here. One is that God is love. He is perfectly love. Though that doesn't mean he's only love, but he, he is perfectly love. And the 1 Corinthians 13, that love is not jealous. But we know that God is jealous for his people. So how do we deal with the issue of jealousy? What is jealousy? Is it okay? Is it an okay thing to feel or experience as a Christian? The, the lexicon will tell you that God is jealous. Mm-hmm. And so the Bible refers to the jealousy of God. Mm-hmm. Um, God is jealous. Yeah. The, 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 the problem is, once again... Like the word anger, the word jealousy is is associated with something that's fitful and controlled and something that is essentially ugly and wrong. I, I think that a marriage commitment, you know, what is jealousy? Jealousy is the safeguarding of a covenant. It's mm. a safeguarding of a vow. Mm. It's a safeguarding of a promise. It, it is altogether right to be jealous of someone violating that trust mm. that you have in another, you, you may not you, you may not be comfortable with using the word jealousy, because in the twenty first century that that word is is associated with issues of well possessiveness, yeah, um, issues of control, um, and there's a certain intensity that is usually associated with it that puts whoever's feeling jealous out of control as they're trying to control somebody else. 
Right. But you ought to have. You know, what is that relationship? What is that concern that you have to maintain the purity of a marriage vow? Mm. What word are you going to use if it's not jealousy? Right. And then jealousy is the appropriate term, except that it, it is now so overloaded with other baggage right. that, that may express something that isn't biblical. So it is okay for a man to be jealous of his wife, to want to see in her and in their relationship a commitment to covenantal vows. However, once that begins to bring on issues of intense anger, overly controlling, that's the line, we want to say just short of that line. Right. You know, if if somebody is stepping into your marriage and showing undue affection... Interest. Interest. It's crossed a line. It's yep. clearly in some area that is, that is not healthy. Hmm. And you want to express your concern about that, yeah. emotional concern, rational concern. You know, what is that? If, yeah. if that isn't jealousy, right. what is that? Yeah. Cause that's what, that's what I mean when I talk about jealousy. But if you, if you mean jealousy means I'm going to lock my wife up and not let her out, right? She may only communicate to others through me. Yeah. And that, then that, obviously that, that has gone into a, a, a totally different area. Yeah. Um, from a biblical point of view, you know, we we have to we have to respond to the fact that the Bible explicitly says that God is a jealous God. Yeah. He is jealous of the affection that we give to other gods, mm. idols. We obviously need to take this a little further. I, I still I still want to ask you in the counseling room. Okay. How do you navigate being angry and not sinning or being jealous and not sinning? It's difficult. I, I don't think that I have seen anger or jealousy. And I think I said this previously. I just don't think I've seen it where it is free from the influence of sin. And so I think the first thing you have to realize is, is that however you express this, you're going to do it in an imperfect way. If you think that your jealousy or your anger is perfect, you're compounding the problem. So you need to be able to come at it, genuinely be angry or jealous and own that, but also be willing to own where that might be inappropriate or being influenced by sin. Now, are you saying, I mean, there's a sense in which you could say, I've never seen love or kindness or patience or forbearance without sin. Mm. Now, maybe maybe we're not wanting to go there. Maybe we're saying, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen acts of kindness that were genuinely without sin. Is, is the fact, and I'm not sure that's true, but mm. is the fact that we are reluctant to say that when it comes to anger, because anger has an emotional aspect that other virtues do not. Yes, and anger is complex. Um, And I mean, I I think that uh, as we approach anger, and especially guys as they approach anger, you know, anger is is the most socially acceptable negative emotion for guys. 
So you have a crying guy. That's a little weird, right? You you see some guy crying and, and you kind of want to walk the other way. You see a depressed guy or a fearful guy. That's a little weird. But you see an angry guy and, well, he's just kind of being a dude. And so anger tends to be the most socially acceptable negative emotion for guys. You get into this place where anger gets um, uh, tied up with issues of hurt, fear, and sadness. And in fact, what some people will say is that anger is always a secondary emotion, never a primary emotion. Now, I'm not sure I agree with that because I'm not sure what that means in the theology of God, that that he would have the secondary emotion and not a primary emotion. So, so I don't know that I want to agree with that 100%. I do think they're on to something, though. Well, even theologically, you know, would there be anger in God if there was no sin? Yeah. Well, anger is a part of God, but would there be a... How would God manifest anger if there had been no sin? So that's also a part of primary and secondary. secondary. A caused emotion, right? So I think that when you have anger in the room, it's a little bit more complicated and complex than when you have just fear, hurt, sadness, even something like anxiety. Um, The other thing is, is that anger often as it expresses itself is received in such a way that it wounds the other person rather than just expresses itself. So it's got a point to it. In, in fact, I, I'm not sure that I've seen someone express anger well in the room, genuinely angry, and not try to use that as a weapon to a certain extent. Which is why I think I say, look, I, I've, I, I know you can be angry and not have sin. I've just not seen it expressed, I think. Sin always seems to be influencing anger, even when it's such a righteous anger. And they're, they're, just like we were talking about, there are topics about which we get righteously angry. We should be angry at abortion. When we see abortion or hear about abortion, it should cause in us anger. Now, how do we express that? What do we do with that? That's something different. The second thing is, is that by the time they get to me in the counseling room, it's usually not calm. On that scale of one to 10, this isn't anger at a five or a six. It's usually anger at an eight, nine, or 10 for them. When anger gets up to that level, usually they don't have the ability to make sure they're sinning not. They're just angry. And so it's up to me to try and walk them down a little bit so that they can be genuinely angry for whatever it is, but also not be sinning against their partner or against their child or or whoever it is. And to the degree that they have sinned, again, they need to be able to own that and say, I'm sorry, and repent. And repentance that breaks the heart really is a good salve for anger. How much of righteous anger versus unrighteous anger is measured on a on a parameter of r- rational versus irrational? Are most expressions of unrighteous anger irrational anger, rational. impulsive anger? So that the you know is the way to treat anger right reasoning. Yeah, you know, some of the most effective methods for treating anger are what they'll call cognitive behavioral methods. Let's just think our way through this anger. I think there's a degree to which that's true, that the more that 
anger is impulsive and reactionary, the more it tends to be unrighteous. I am skittish about saying that in totality. Like whenever I see impulsive anger, therefore it equals unrighteous anger. Because I think you could come across something that could cause a very intense reaction and that that intense anger reaction could actually be quite righteous. If I came across somebody mugging someone else, I might have to do something explosively to try and shield someone who can't shield themselves. That explosive anger, I think, would be a righteous expression of, of anger. But nine times out of ten, I think the more impulsive it is, the more unrighteous it tends to be. Importing, then, some ability to rationalize our anger rather than just express our anger. You know, one of the things that people will have you do, especially kind of a folksy thing to do, is you just got to let it out. Right. If it's some primordial scream or if it's go, you know, punch a punching bag, you just need to let your anger out. It's called the hydraulic method of emotions. It builds up and it builds up and builds up. And then you just got to put it out there somewhere. And actually, there's not much research that says that that's true. And in fact, the other way, if all you do is express your anger on something, you're actually training yourself to have a quicker trigger. Because what you're training yourself is, well, when I start to get angry, the best thing I can do is just let it out. Instead, you need to be leading them to do something. You can express your anger. Go hit a punching bag. That's fine. But afterwards, when you start to come back down on the other side, I start to feel a little better. You need to run to Scripture. You need to find your relief in Christ and what He can do for you. And then what you're doing is you're training yourself. You're training yourself. Instead of running to the punching bag, you're running to the cross. We also need to talk about this some more. We will talk about it next episode. Maybe give some more practical tips. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You've been listening to 1A, a counseling ministry of First Presbyterian Church. We encourage you to listen to all our episodes, which you can find on our webpage at firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. That's firstprescolumbia.org forward slash 1A. You can also check us out on all your favorite podcasting applications, such as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, then subscribe. Also, don't forget to tell your friends and family about us as well. If you have comments, questions, or issues you'd like us to wrestle with, contact us. You can reach us at our email address, which is 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. That's 1A at firstpresscolumbia.org. Or via our Twitter account, which is at 1A Podcast. That's at 1A Podcast. Or by phone, 803-281-1795. 803-281-1795. For Dr. Thomas, I'm Josh Squires. We look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, thanks for listening, and God bless.